Welcome to the podcast. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn, who's uh, out with a back issue. He should be back tomorrow, I'm told. We hope so. Um, but I will say, today was a fun show. Uh, we talked about Gavin Newsom and his the recall effort against him. It's going to be fun to watch that thing happen, because Gavin Newsom is among the most intolerable people in America, so... I just It's going to be a tough one to watch. We actually came up with a, a new uh, t-shirt and mug uh, that just says, anyone else for governor? It looks like a normal like campaign uh, picture. I think, I think you'll like it. You can get it at studosmerch.com, as well as all sorts of Cuomo bashing items. Uh, we also did talk a little bit about Andrew Cuomo. Joe Biden has come out and said if he thinks Cuomo should resign, we get into that. Also, the border crisis. Joe Biden's border crisis. Uh, this is something the media kind of wants to stay away from, uh, but I don't think we should let them uh, avoid it. We're going to cover that today. Uh, you can go to uh, uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn and get the uh, 10 bucks off uh, on your subscription. And while you're here, you're on a podcast app already. Why not click the search uh, button there and uh, type in Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, and also, uh, in a separate search, Stu Does America. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to all these podcasts. It really makes a difference to us, and we really appreciate it. Plus, it helps our self-esteem. We are not particularly good-looking people, and we need things like this to keep our our emotions in the right place. Uh, so check it out there, um, and here's the podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, some statistics that may or may not surprise you, <laughs> uh, but Stu has a list of the states that are doing the best right now with COVID, and uh, also states that are are doing the worst. And I would say this is a look at the entire year, right? So it's not just where they are it's right, not right this now. Moment. It's how do they do okay. over the past year? Yeah. And so we went through, did a formula. They're let me give you some of the factors that went into this. Mm-hmm. One, obviously, how well did you avoid people dying in your state? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, did, you know, that's obviously a big factor. But number two, I mean, this because we all we hear from the you know the news media is trying to compare death totals and everything else. We also looked at the economy. How well were you be able to protect the economy through this? Okay, it was a really difficult thing for states to do. Some states did a lot better than others. We also looked at uh, what is from uh, there's an uh, Oxford Univers- uh, University of Oxford <laughs> stringency index, which is basically a measure of how hard the government cracked down. How long did they put the people into relative shutdown levels? Right. Did they have a light touch? Did they have a heavy touch when it comes to that? And and I think that's somewhat controversial in that, like, people would say, well, what does that matter? Uh, you know, I think, like, if you have two states that had the same results with the economy, and deaths right but one gave you complete freedom the other one uh, locked you down in individual plastic bubbles that matters yeah that matters right i mean free mm-hmm. this is the it's the united states of america here so i i use that as a factor there's uh, those are the three biggest factors however there's also you know uh, we factored in the age of the population so a state that has an older population should get a break in comparing the death rate you know to a state that has a younger population same thing with a density. If you have a state with a population density, that's high. Um, we looked at vaccine rollout, all sorts of different things, and kind of came up with a final score, zero to 100 for all 50 states. So let me give you some of the bottom states. I'll, I'll start seventh from the bottom for a reason, because it was California. <laughs> <laughs> score of 35.7 out of 100. They did, they actually didn't 
do terribly as far as the rate of covid but as we point out they have a relatively young population in in uh in uh in california so that does make a difference as far as the death rate but we factored that in they finished seventh from the bottom six from the bottom was massachusetts 28.1 out of 100 fifth from the bottom connecticut our old home state pat mm-hmm. uh now again you can you can you blame some of its neighbors for this? I, I think you could. Yes. But we'll go. It's, mm-hmm. Connecticut also didn't do all that well. Uh, Rhode Island is fourth from the bottom. 25.2 is the score out of 100. Third from the bottom, red state, Louisiana. 20.6 out of 100. Now, you can probably fairly note that part of the reason Louisiana had a really bad outbreak of COVID was Mardi Gras. Was Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. which happened at the end of February last year and, of course, was held in uh, a very blue area of Louisiana, not a very red area of Louisiana. But, you know, as long as you have New Orleans in your state, you, you're responsible for it, Louisiana. I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, I didn't put it in your state. That was that was your thing. <laughs> so you're responsible for, for, the, uh, for the outbreak in New Orleans. So they came out uh, third to worst, 20.6 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Then there's a quite a drop off. From third to worst at 20.6 to second to worst, New Mexico, 7.9 out of 100. Wow. So from 20.6 to 7.9. People don't realize that New Mexico had the hardest lockdown in the nation. Harder than any other state. California, New York, nobody. Locked down harder than New Mexico. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, They had their economy was Mm. a disaster as well. And they didn't even get good results as far as COVID. I mean, really, they didn't do anything well uh, throughout this entire process. So New Mexico finishes second to last and in dead last place without anyone's surprise, of course, is New York with a score of 6.8 out of 100. They had the second strongest lockdown in the country. Despite that, had the second worst COVID numbers only to New Jersey, which is completely New York's fault anyway. Mm-hmm. And also their economy was a disaster, despite the fact they have a giant industry there that could work from home. They still couldn't protect the economy at all. So they finish uh, in dead last place. Of course, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com should be noted at this time. <laughs> uh, shall we give you some of the uh, top top uh, top picks? Yeah. Who did the best? Let's see. Uh, all right. Well, who did the best? Two, three, and we're starting at Let me give you 10. All right. Alaska. Number 10. Score of 66.7. Again, we take into account population density. Mm. Uh, But again, there are some, there's some asterisks in this. Like Hawaii, what do you do with, you know, Hawaii obviously is going to have a really good result on COVID because they're an island, but also a really bad result on the economy because they're dependent on, on flights. Yeah. So it's a tough one to measure, but Alaska came in 10th, South Dakota in 9th. And I think, I think a lot of people would think South Dakota would do really well on this. Hmm. They were number two. On the stringency index, uh, so it's the second least amount of time in lockdown. Um, but they really—they're forty-fourth as far as COVID uh, per million. So they—that hurt them. Like they—they they had a very open uh, attitude towards this, which I respect and I like Christy Dome uh, quite a bit. But uh, you know, look, they just had a really had a really rough battle with that when it comes. Uh, to uh, their rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- uh, eighth place, uh, Nebraska, 67.8 out of 100. Uh, then Virginia actually did pretty well uh, in seventh place, 68.9. 
Iowa in sixth place, 69.9 out of 100. Uh, Iowa, another one that never, they, they had that initial shutdown period and then were pretty open after that and had, uh, you know, relatively good results, certainly good economic results. Number six, uh, or, or number five, Oregon. That's a surprise. That one is a surprise to mm-hmm. me. And I, so I was thinking about this because the score is 70.1 out of 100 for Oregon. Again, best COVID results by state for the entire year. They had a, you know, they had very low rates uh, of COVID, but they locked down. I mean, they were middle of the pack when it comes down to how far they, how long they locked down. My my th- theories on this was one, Portland in particular was burning down most of the year, so probably people were terrified to go outdoors at all and see anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, mm-hmm. you also have a, a and their economy did relatively well compared to some of these other more lockdown type states. And I think you might have a, a population that was more able to work from home. You know, the industries there are friendlier to being able to work at home. So there wasn't as much of a need uh, for that. But that's where that finished. Um, number, f- uh, let's see, number four, Idaho. 74.1 score out of 100. Idaho did pretty much everything pretty well. Every one of their categories was pretty good. Uh, not at the top of the list, but in the top third on pretty much every single thing. A couple of surprises here towards the top here. Number three, and I, there's an asterisk on this one a little bit too. Number three was Wisconsin. And I would think Wisconsin, like, how the heck, really? They have a Democratic governor, mm-hmm. yet they're, they ranked on this, you know, how, how long did they lock down the stringency index? They were only fifth. They were somehow fifth. Now, I looked into that a little bit more thinking, how the hell... Did Wisconsin finish fifth in this measure? Because it's really the strongest thing that they had going for them in this, uh, in the in the little formula here. And the reason was the courts kept overturning all the things the Democratic governor wanted to do. So mm. they never, like, they were on and off again a little bit, but uh, <laughs> the courts were like, no, you can't do any of this crap. So they didn't go into lockdown as much of, uh, as a lot of other blue states did, which is kind of an interesting factor. Score of 83.9 out of 100. Number two, New Hampshire, 84.9 out of Wouldn't have guessed that one either. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have either. Although you got live free or die, right? Yeah. They were actually, they did not lock down all that hard. They had pretty good results from COVID and their their economy was relatively well protected. Uh, they are also um, an older population, which helps them in this measure. I mean, considering they were eighth overall in, in death rate and had the, had the second oldest population in the country. It's pretty impressive. Uh, that that's that stuck together and it kind of i don't know it kind of makes sense in some ways you know that's a it's a state that has a motto where you're supposed to be taking responsibility for your own actions and maybe that helped play in uh number one though are you ready score of 90.1 out of 100 i am 90.1 out of 100 the number one score mm-hmm. in the entire union this was a surprise to me i will say i didn't see this one coming number one the state of but does this end or confusion? The state of confusion? No. no. Okay. This, the state of Utah. Utah. Uh, that is what I was gonna guess. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was gonna guess. That's pretty interesting to me. I would not have guessed it. Really? Just because I don't know. I mean, I it didn't get any press. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, people really talk. The, the right has talked about Texas. They've talked about Florida. They talked about Arizona. They talked about South Dakota. They've talked about a lot of different states. Georgia got press at the beginning quite a bit. Uh-huh. You know, really, I haven't heard much conversation about Utah, but Utah kind of sat there and did incredibly well in every measure. 
here, uh, number three, as far as how, how long were they in lockdown? Third least amount of time. So they, mm-hmm. they were third, say, on the Freedom Index, right? Okay. Economy, they finished seventh in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And their COVID results, they finished sixth. Wow. So really, did, now I will say they are the youngest state in the union, which I did not know either until doing this re, uh, research. Youngest state in the union. However, that they a get punished in this, uh, in this measure for that. Like if you're a young uh-huh. state, you lose points on, on the formula because, you know, you shouldn't, ha- you know, an older state has a tougher time with something like this. Yeah. So even, despite the fact that they got punished for that, still finished number one. Uh, in the union with a score of 90.1 wow and, and really has had wow. no press and no credit and no no, no love hmm. i mean i haven't heard anybody saying wow you know who's doing a good job is utah and this comes back to something i you know i think has proved since the beginning of this to be really important we've talked so much about what the government does am i going to sit here and say that everything that utah did from the government level was right i doubt it i mean i don't know all the details i'm not i don't live in utah but i guarantee if we open up the phone lines we get lots of people complaining about what what the government was saying or doing in utah as we would from every state but like there's something to do with this coming back to instead of the government the people you know this is the united states of america we lead the government the government doesn't lead us that's that's not the way this works and you know if you look at the type of population you'd want to to potentially have in the form in the in the time of a pandemic i gotta say you might draft mormons number one you might (laughs) first of all they're pretty healthy Mm -hmm. second of all as you point out pretty young yeah uh i would say they're they do a good Mm -hmm. job following rules would you say that's an accurate statement i I would say that's pretty accurate like they're not like the type of people who are like gonna you know they're not like people who are uh, going to go out and like you know burn down government buildings because they don't like a policy. They might, they're going to argue with it. And they're going to say what they believe, but they're not. They're yes. not. They're not going to do that. They're not activists. Yeah, they're not like yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's you know I mean that in a good way in this particular measure per, per, mm-hmm. specifically. And then also there are people who tend to do a lot of thinking about others. Right. Like they're yes, much I would say less focused on like, well, damn it, it's my right. Then, you know what? Like, I I don't like this, but I don't want to make anyone else sick. I want to make I want to make sure that like I think Mm -hmm. there's a there's a very selfless aspect of of that culture that that makes a state like Utah perform really well. And I will note, too, number four was Idaho. Yes. Also quite Mormon. Also quite Mormon. Mm hmm. And I, you know, that uh, it's it's an interesting thing, and I think that it comes down to that a little bit more than than cable news and even talk shows and politicians have talked about. You just mentioned this with the masks. The government policy has been such a factor, but really, I mean, you look at the states with no mask mandates, as and and compare them to the ones with mask mandates. There's about a ten to twelve percent difference of mask usage. It's really not that different. Yeah. It really doesn't make all that much difference. It's really about what the people wind up doing. We lead this government. They don't lead us. So would this be a good time to send the couple of guys in white shirts and bicycles over to your house? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty good time, maybe, for that. <laughs> I'll make the Sorry, call. I'll make the call while they, you do the commercial. I, they, I, I have COVID. <laughs> they can't come in. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, so in uh, Israel, apparently people are pretty open to getting the vaccine. Um, I, I have kind of a different impression of many Americans. 
Because I hear from a lot who just sure have no intention of ever being vaccinated. Yeah, the polling has has been pretty consistent. It's it's improved as far as people wanting to take the vaccine, which is what you would expect, right? There, it's been basically the entire time broken down like this. About forty percent of people are like, absolutely, give me the vaccine. Like, give it mm-hmm. to me. I'm ready for it. Day one. I'm rushing down. Throw throw some needles at me. Whatever sticks in, I'll take that one. They're fine. About thirty percent of people are like say basically i'm open to it but i want to kind of see if everyone starts dropping dead first you know Mm -hmm. like can you have can i not be first in Mm -hmm. line let me just see if people these needles go in people's arms and they just spontaneously combust if that doesn't happen all right i'll go check it out Uh, then there's about 20 percent of the population who says i don't want to get it but like if i have to like if work tells me i need to do it or I, I can't get into any, I can't take any flights because I can't get a vaccine. All right, I'll, whatever, I'll do it. And then there's about 10% of the population that is like kind of ideologically against, you know, vaccines in general or this particular vaccine for some reason. Um, so the polling has been pretty consistent uh, in that general format. Some of the people who have, were in that 30% group that say, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm open to getting it, but I'm a little worried some of those people have now moved into the I'm going to get the vaccine group. So it's and some of the people have received the vaccine already in that group. Mm-hmm. So it is most people are fine getting it. They realize, you know, they, they might not be excited about getting a shot, but they're going to go through it and get it anyway. Um, I think there's a certain percentage of people, you know, it seems to be about 10 percent that are just, you know, ideologically against the vaccine for whatever reason or just don't think it's going to work or don't think it's safe or healthy. And I don't think you're going to change those people's minds. You know, that's just the way, you know, the way they've, you know, processed the information. A larger part of that area, though, are are people who just don't go to the doctor all that often. You know, people who those are the people that are reachable on the vaccine. People who just like I don't tend like there's a lot of people who like never go to the dentist, for example. Like, you know, they Mm -hmm. just don't ever do it. And it's, it's a surprisingly high percentage of the population that, you know, don't get dental care for decades on end. Right. And the same thing happens with doctors that, you know, especially um, in minority communities, in communities in inner cities that just don't have access or don't have money or don't desire to go see the doctor for every little thing. And they just don't come in contact that often with medical professionals. So there's some skepticism there as well. And I think that's those are the people they're going to try to reach in Israel. They have kind of the same problem where. The Orthodox communities are much less likely to want to get the vaccine for ideological reasons. So those communities are much harder for the government to get the vaccine, too. But they are at, as you point out, Pat, over now 50 percent fully vaccinated in Israel. They lead the world by a very large margin uh, in that in that world. Let's see if I can get the exact uh, numbers. This is. This is fully vaccinated numbers right now. Here we go. 50.4% in Israel. Number two is Bahrain at 12.9. Wow. So a huge, huge gap there. Uh, because we're at between partially and fully vaccinated. I think we're at around 20%, aren't we? And we between those who have gotten one of the two shots and those who have gotten both of them. I've got that right here. Um, it's not quite... Oh, you mean between both. Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, here we go. Um, so... Uh, at least one dose in the United States, uh-huh. 18 plus population, 27.9% has already received one dose. 
But more importantly here, right, for this particular virus is the 65 plus population. Now, 65% of that population has received at least one dose. Which was the important group. Yeah. And look, you know, the Biden administration can try to take credit for all of this, which is completely ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Like during the Trump administration, they developed the vaccine. They got it all ready. They did all the testing. They got it all prepared. They designed Mm -hmm. the entire uh, rollout strategy. And then Biden comes in office is like, look what we just did with the vaccines. Right. We're great. We inherited a broken system, (laughs) a completely broken, non-existent system. Uh, A lot of the people who are from the Trump administration who are running this effort are still there yeah you know they're not they're not partisans they're just you know people who are really good at logistics and you know what the record was the the record development time before this yeah for a vaccine from start of the disease to when you have a vaccine for it before now 10 years measles took I, i think it was a measles vaccination 10 years i thought there was one for like whooping cough or something that was like more like four or five years uh, but it, but still maybe it was multiple that, years yeah it's a long time it's a lot longer than a year yeah i mean for start to finish this thing happened in less than a year yeah really, inc- really it's incredible whether you like it or not it is an yeah. absolutely it, it, impossible it's thing, a miracle which is it really is incredible and really more exciting than this particular vaccine is the technology behind the vaccine this mrna mrna technology which offers the ability to develop vaccines quickly like this for all not just like pandemics i'm talking about like you know diseases that have existed in the third world for generations and no one's really been able to get them under control because the development is cost is so high and it takes so long and obviously these countries don't have the money and all of this this technology can be adapted really easily to Things we've been fighting for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I think long term, the upside is even more exciting uh, than just what we have here. Hey, we can go back to restaurants in a couple of weeks. But um, we now fully vaccinated in the country. 15% of uh, the 18 plus population and 37% of 65 plus. So you're going to see, you know, the one thing you're seeing in Israel is they when they break down the death rates from the vaccinated population and the non-vaccinated population it's remarkable how well this is working you know more than half of the deaths right now in cases are coming from only like the five percent of the population uh that isn't vaccinated in the older groups um because and the other 95 percent of the population is you know accounting for uh less than the five percent which is really remarkable you look at it when it comes down they break it down by age the old the older population their deaths are dropping like crazy in israel and they're down by you know se- over 70 percent now as far as just cases overall with the entire population so you know it's encouraging you know what really- do you make of all the stories though of people you know dying within a day or two of this and or or becoming uh uncontrollably shaky for you know the rest of i mean i don't I don't know how long it's gonna last but there was for instance there was a woman who did a video and she couldn't stop shaking i mean mm-hmm. every part of her body was shaking and it had been going on for days and couldn't stop and the only thing she could attribute it to was the vaccine so i mean you're hearing these yep. stories I mean, uh, and i i you know maybe some people are just not able to handle it i i don't it's know it's possible i mean i think you know look 
science via YouTube video is never a good idea. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, that's that's really? actually the, the first scientific principle. Yeah, huh. uh, don't do huh. science based on YouTube videos. What about internet stories? Uh, internet inter- stories are a different thing. Well, right? it, if it's forwarded, then you, then it's science. Okay. If people forward it enough times, it becomes science. So, if, like, uh, I get uh, it uh, in the in my email, yeah. in my inbox, mm-hmm. I can take it directly to the bank. Yes, right? definitely. I can believe it's true as long as it's the person okay. sending it to you is not the source. <laughs> if it's been passed three or four times, then it becomes science. The, okay. I mean, look, you, you have to look at the anecdotal <laughs> cases as you know what they what they are and and. Some of them, you know, there, there are some people who have had uh, bad reactions to it, I guess. Um, it's pretty mm-hmm. minor. I mean, we, we know this, that the people who are taking the vaccine are dying at a much lower rate than people that are not yes. taking the vaccine. And getting extremely sick at a much lower rate. At a rate. much lower rate. And that's not just COVID. That's overall. Now, there could yeah. be a reason for that and that people who are maybe healthier and more engaged in the healthcare system are more likely to get the vaccine. But it's certainly not showing... Mm-hmm. There's no evidence whatsoever of these effects large in a large scale. For example, there's a there's a there's a debate going on with this AstraZeneca vaccine in Europe and uh, AstraZeneca is not approved for use here in the United States. They're in the middle of the, the test that would get it to approval, but it is not approved in the United States yet was improved very early on, as you might expect, because it has to do with Oxford uh, in the UK. And that's really what they're using in the UK. It went over to uh, to Europe and there's a debate now about a lot of the European countries have pulled it from usage mm-hmm. and they, the, because they believe there was, I believe five cases of um, uh, blood clots or maybe it might've been up to about 30 cases of blood clots related to the AstraZeneca vaccine. Again, totally different technology than Pfizer and Moderna, but still it was this, this was the concern. And so people were freaked out about it. They pulled it off the market. It's interesting though, to look at the numbers there in that Europe, the people that pulled it off the market, are saying that blood clots are happening in one in 167,000 people who get the vaccine. Now, in in Britain, who's been using this vaccine the entire time, they're saying it's one in 500,000. So there's a disagreement between one in 167,000 and one in 500,000. However, both of those numbers are better numbers than the population in general. So... The idea that it's the mm. vaccine causing this, the people, mm-hmm. more than one in 167,000 people just get blood clots on a, on a normal <laughs> everyday life basis. So there's no reason to believe none huh. of this, you know, none of the science shows that any of this stuff is, is happening. Now, look, that does not mean and, I, you know, I, as you can probably tell, I'm I'm. I'm very pro-vaccine. I want to get back to normal life. I think this is the best path to do it. I mm-hmm. love what the Trump administration did on this. I love the fact that capitalism was involved. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that the ultimate enemy of every single left-wing newspaper in America, big pharmaceutical companies, were involved. I think it's hilarious. And I love the fact that this is, the, I feel like, the American way out of something like this. We just innovate, come up with something great, and get out of it and go on with our lives. So right. I do like that. Uh, I am a, I'm pro. However, nobody should be forcing you to take it if you don't want to take it. And that is, you know, we have not seen anyone in the United States yet require it. I And they don't even require it in Israel. But it is something that you could see Gavin Newsom or Andrew Cuomo doing and saying that it no is required. Question. And that it, you should not have to take any of these things if you don't want to take them. That's, yeah. a, that's an important part of liberty. Even Just if you, like even you if, shouldn't have to wear a mask if you don't want to wear right. a mask. Even Same if, thing. Right. It, like... Even if, even if it was the best idea in the world, you still get to, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I, I would not, for, 
this is a country in which we're not supposed to be forcing people through the government to do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, with the exception of don't murder, you know, don't steal. There's a bunch of things. There's a few commandments that outline some of these ideas mm-hmm. uh, at one point in an old book. But huh. I mean, really, the government should have very limited uh, access to your life and as far as managing it. And so, you know, the people who are much more skeptical on the vaccine than I am, I stand with them in the idea that they should not be forced to take it. That's a terrible idea. And it also will just turn people off from wanting to take it. You know, people who are on yes. the fence are just going to be like, screw you. Don't tell me what to do. It's exactly how I'd be if they started to mandate it. Well, now I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't want it. And the messaging on this has been terrible. It's basically like in, it, yeah. in, in Israel, they're saying, hey, get the vaccine, then go do what you want. As soon as you're vaccinated, none of these rules apply to you anymore, basically. That's what they're trying to communicate to the people. Uh, that's not entirely true in Israel, but it is it is what they're trying to communicate. That's the messaging. Here, the messaging is the opposite. It's like, hey, get the vaccine. And then in the year 2027, you'll be able to see another person again. <laughs> you know, you may even be it's able ridiculous. to eat outdoors mm-hmm. in before 2050. We'll let you know. You know, you we get to tell you when that happens. And the, and the American people are just like, wait a minute, what? I know. Yeah, and it's if 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 you behave yourself, if you do everything we tell you to do, uh, then maybe mm-hmm. you can get together and, and have a backyard barbecue uh, the 4th of July. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll let you know, by the way. It's, I, I, do you think any of this, Pat, is them just trying to underplay it it's like you know when when a when an air airplane uh company you know, uh, uh, air, uh a flight tells you that you're going to be there at three o'clock when they know you're supposed to be there at 2 30 so they have that like that wiggle room in there yes they're just trying to say like it's like well, he's like oh yes. a million vaccines a day it's like well we're already doing that like he's trying to set <laughs> expectations so low that he's definitely going to clear them mm-hmm. maybe it's just that way I don't know. this is the best of the glenn beck program and we really want to thank you for listening Joe Biden last night on uh, with with uh, George Stephanopoulos and Stephanopoulos actually pressed him on the crisis going on at the border, which, of course, to the Biden administration isn't a crisis at all. Uh, it's the same thing that's that's it, been happening for years. And, and this is all Donald Trump's fault anyway. Um, here's Stephanopoulos as, actually asking him some decent questions about the border. A lot of the migrants coming in saying they're coming in because you promised to make things better. It seems hmm. to be getting worse by the day. Was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge? Well, first yes. of all, there was a surge the last two years in, in, in 19 and 20, there was a surge as well. This one might be worse. No, well, it could well, be, but here's the deal. No, We're sending back is. people to, f- f- first of all, first of the all. idea that first Joe Biden all. said first. come, because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy and I won't do they're what you do. Because you told yeah. them to. Well, here's the That's deal. What, here's the they're deal. Not, they're do not. Do you have to say quite what clearly? What do you mean they're not? Good follow-up there. Yes. I can say quite clearly, <laughs> here's don't the deal. come they're not. in the process of <laughs> getting set up. Don't leave your town or city mm. or community. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. See, Democrats get to say this every time, and it's not Unbelievable. hateful. You know, don't leave your sound, town or city is the thing that Donald Trump would say, and that would be hateful when he said it. And xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Well, you shouldn't. You know, he, uh, he's right on that point. If you want to give him a very narrow, he's correct. You shouldn't illegally come to another country in any circumstance other than a good safety tip p- potentially like a massive war going on in your country and you're escaping as a refugee 
really, uh-huh. there's no reason to do this. It's not for, not for economic benefit. Uh, that's not what these laws are set up to do. And honestly, illegally, you shouldn't ever come. You should, you know, come as a refugee in certain circumstances. Well, B- Biden denies that he is responsible at all for this. But let's go back to the campaign and the promise he made, essentially, to the people of Mexico and Central and South America uh, when he talked about the first hundred days of his administration. Cut number two. They're there seeking asylum. First time ever we've told people they can't come to America. That huh. ends. The cage is oh, closed. That ends. C- cages are closed. And hmm. and in the first 100 days, he goes on to say that, that you know, the, they're going to they can come here essentially and uh, and receive asylum from the United States of America. Like we've never told them before not to come. Yeah. And by the way, uh, they the cages are open. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> they're now open. Come on in. <laughs> you're going yeah. to cageville everybody uh right uh cage town and they're at full future. capacity too beyond full capacity yep the cages i mean the average is something like 300 percent of pre-covid <clears throat> capacity so i mean democrats were weeping over it they they would mm-hmm. literally have press conferences where they would break down and weep openly about how inhumane it was donald trump treating these these children that came across the border that were ripped, that were torn from the arms of their crying mothers and then tossed into these cages like animals. Uh, all of that was uh, so tragic uh, under Donald Trump. And now, now it's just the humane thing to do. Now, what else are we supposed to do with them? They're they're just all here without their parents, and we've got to find some place for them, and we don't know where they belong, and we're trying really hard to find their parents. Um, so what are we supposed to do other than put them in these facilities? Mm. They're facilities now. They're not cages. No, now they're just facilities. They're wonderful facilities. I went back, by the way, Pat, and I think you'll remember the story when... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, these photos came out of her at the border and she was crying at a fence. You remember these things? I I do, yeah. And, you know, the people were kind of mocking them as sort of looking very staged. And they they were actually taken before AOC was like a figure, a public figure. She was running for office, but like no one knew who she was at this point. And I went back and just glanced at those. They are among the most cringeworthy photos I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I'd love to see him. She, it, they, now she claims this was a real moment and the photographer says it was a real moment of emotion overtaking her. <laughs> yeah. They look so cringy staged. and staged and, mm. you know, she's standing in front of this fence and it is like down the road along like driveway, if you will, to a facility. So people were saying, oh, she's just in front of an empty lot. It's not true exactly. Like, you know, she was near the facility. It was as close as she could get. I mean, they weren't allowing people inside. Mm -hmm. But still, like, I just, I don't know. It's like, you you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like if you were, if you went to a a site that somehow meant something to you, but you could barely see it in the distance, it doesn't seem like it would evoke the emotion. And then it just like, it just doesn't look real it looks like she's just standing there fake crying for the camera i mean it did <laughs> i don't know what it is seeing them again after knowing her because when we first saw them she was kind of in the news and it wasn't a huge story at the time knowing how awful she is and how her 
her only goal in life is to pander to cameras. Uh, you know, all she does all the time is go on Instagram live and run her mouth about God knows what, about she doesn't know how the freaking, you know, garbage disposal works or whatever she talks about. <laughs> and uh, to see these photos in that light now that we know kind of who she is. Oh, mm-hmm. they're cringy. Are you, are you looking at them? Did you bring I'm trying up? to find them. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, I, I have to send them uh, to you. They are so cringy. And we had them on the, we, we, we showed uh, briefly on the show the other day on Stu Does America. Uh, and it's just, oh, it gives you that feeling inside your stomach when you realize like mm-hmm. someone's like trying, uh, like a really bad actor or actress who's trying to pull off a role and failing and like everyone around you knows that they're failing to get that like mm-hmm. tightness in your stomach. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh God, this is so cringy. That's what it feels like when you look at them. I know she said something early on when it came out again that, that, that Biden is using the cages and she actually said something, uh, negative about it moderately moderately yeah. negative not was it wasn't a literal concentration camp when joe biden was doing no it. that's for sure uh but she's been amazingly silent since i think she said yeah. one thing about it and then she shut her mouth about it and she said like this is wrong it's always been wrong that's but, what it was but donald trump is evil you know, it was like that type of thing like <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much yeah you know totally different standard and of course all these things that she talked about you know she complained about wanting this 15 dollars minimum wage and how she was going to hold up the process she didn't vote against against the bill it's amazing she let it go through Jeez. anyway because she's just like so many other democrats you know there's no there's nothing there and back in late february glenn tweeted out uh, maybe you guys talked about this at the time. Just for the record, the oh. Biden administration is separating children and parents. Did you talk about that at the time? Because PolitiFact fact checked that. They are separating children and parents. Yes. Glenn Beck said that. That the evil Glenn Beck uh, with oh, his hatefulness. I love this one. That, this is the one where he said a, a full sentence and they mm-hmm. fact checked half the sentence. <laughs> yes. They actually broke the <laughs> sentence into two pieces so they could give him a false ranking. That's unbelievable. And 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 like, I don't understand why this is better. What is happening now? This is their argument. When Donald Trump was president, a mom and a, and a son would come across the border and the mom would get arrested for coming across the border. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to throw the son into jail, right? Yes. So they, right. w- they would detain them in two different places. That was the separation of children from parents that we heard so much about. Right. 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 What's happening now is the parents at some point before they cross the border are or having their the kids go across. ahead of them by themselves. So right. they're now crossing the border solo instead of with their parent. They're still separate. They mm-hmm. just separated on the other side of the border. And that means Donald Trump is evil and Hitler and literal concentration camp guy. And Joe Biden is totally fine. And they act as if Donald Trump had his minions down at the border stealing babies from the arms of their of their parents. When in fact, it was mostly teenagers then like it's mostly teenagers now. Mm. It was it was older children and teens. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of babies were torn from the <laughs> the arms of their mothers as they carried a, across the border. Now, we're, I mean, what we're looking at right now is 15, 16 and 17 year olds largely. Yeah. Now, look, yeah. are those quote unquote children? I mean, the lies of the law. Sure, they're underage. Uh, but, you know, it's a different story than what you picture. And, you know, they, they will use the photos to elicit emotion they will find the one younger child who happens to be in a large group and and focus on them uh, who doesn't know what's going on i mean yeah. obviously they use this they use these photos for their advantage just like these aoc photos i think we have them now have you if we if you're oh good looking 
<laughs> oh yeah, look at that. And it's just no, comical. That, that just happened to be uh, somebody walking by with a camera <laughs> at the same time that AOC started breaking down. It is. It, if you're, it's clearly spontaneous, if, Stu. If you happen to be on Blaze TV, it's 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 worth watching because it, it basically. You have the, there's a couple different vibes here. You have one vibe where she's looking like a sad puppy dog at the camera, which is just hysterical. And then the other one where she's standing by herself and awkwardly bending over uh-huh. in her pristine white clothing <laughs> and her nice new watch. And she's kind of just like crying. I, I like, I just, it doesn't seem. It bent her in half. The yeah, it grief, bent her in half. The yeah. grief bent her in half. The grief. The grief of these children being taken from and, their parents and, bent her in half. And look, there are a lot of sad stories on the border. This is why we say we should have it under control. I mean, yeah. there are really terrible, tragic stories yeah. that happen on the border all the time. People who are convinced by Democrats, largely, that this is not really an offense. That it's basically, it's less than a speeding ticket because you don't even get fined. And, we, and, you know, they come across the border thinking they're going to get a better life because Democrats are screaming that uh, that it's possible. And now they see Biden as the, quote, migrant president. The Mexican president said that these migrants see Joe Biden as the migrant president. And they they're coming here because they believe it's OK. But they believe because mm-hmm. half the country and all of the media is saying it, it's OK. And just to accentuate that point, uh, we have one of the migrants actually uh, speaking about this. Uh, let me see. Did we have this today? Or Yeah, okay. Here's, here's one of the migrants talking about Joe Biden, actually. What I want for my people, I just want patience and peace that we can get to the U.S. because they're having a new president versus oh, Biden. Right. He's going to help all of us. He's given us a hundred days uh-huh. to get to the U.S. and give us legal mental paper so uh-huh. we can get a better life for our kids and family. Isn't that great? So so they got it right from Joe Biden. He's given him 100 days to get here and just have a better life for him and his family. And I, look, we... That's as, amazing, it isn't is amazing. it? And we as conservatives would look at this and say, I, a lot of times we'll say, like, you shouldn't come across the border and, you know, it's a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. And that's, of course, true. But it's also like, you, from their perspective, the messaging they're getting from the entire media... And uh, not to mention the candidate mm-hmm. himself and all of his allies in Congress is it's mean if we send you back. Yeah. If we say, hey, you know, we're going to deport you. That's the mean thing. We're not going to do that anymore. He campaigned on it. Of course, they believe they can come in. They, we've, yep. been, they've been we've been telling you this for months and months and months and months. If Joe Biden gets in, everything's going to be fine. Well, of course, they believe they can come in. Of course, they do. They he told them. Yeah, I mean, they, he essentially told them that, look, I'm your guy. I'm your president, too, because I'm going to invite you in. Uh, that's what he did. That's the message they got. Yeah. And they're not experts on the law of the United States. Think about right. this. Like, sure, you could say, OK, it's against the law. But like when the, the leader of the nation and all of the big Democrats are all saying it's basically OK. Mm hmm. Well, of course, that's the impression they're going to have. It's basically okay. Yeah, it might be frowned upon. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, they're not going to like fly you in and give you a welcome ceremony. But at the end of the day, you're going to come in, you're going to be in a facility for a couple of days and get released into the country. And you're going to get what you want. And anything other than that is mean and Hitler and literal concentration camps. 
So of course they believe this is okay. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if if the if you had a speeding limit of you know a speed limit of fifty five, but the the governor, the 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 sheriff, the police force were all saying it's actually seventy five. You guys can all go seventy five. What the hell would you do? You go seventy five, <laughs> right? I do anyway. So yes, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> na, 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 na.